What is a woman? And when does life begin? Seemingly simple questions that will get you simple answers. Not if you're Supreme Court Justice nominee Ketanji Brown Jackson, as we've discovered this week. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. Of- when, uh, when does life begin, in your opinion? Senator, um, I don't know. <laughs> Ma'am? I don't know. You know, if it weren't for the fact that we're actually watching and seeing the video playing, I would sit there and go, did somebody press the pause button on her? Mm-hmm. Because all of a sudden, you've got a woman a black woman, a black woman nominated by Joe Biden, who said his Supreme Court nominee was going to be a black woman, unable to define as a mother, one, what is a woman, and two, when does life begin? (laughs) When does life begin? And you want to sit there and go, This is why people have a problem with what we see going on in government, in Washington, when you sit in committee hearings like we did yesterday on things like saving women's sports. And it begs the question among folks, what in the world is going on? Right. This is like, I feel like 1984 and two plus two is five. Well, you're you're being told, we're being conditioned into what is or is not an idea. The simple fact is she kind of hedged a bit, bitch, when she said, well, I'm not a biologist. See, I'm old enough to remember when I was told not to trust the biologist, but then a couple months later, I was told to trust the science. I'm old enough to remember that. But Mitch, here's what's interesting is we welcome you in to the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Justin Hall, Dave Wilson, Mitch Prosser. We're excited to be here today. Uh, We're so excited. We're we're ready to jump straight into everything. We are rolling. Uh, Mitch, what is a woman And when does life begin? Now, I'm going to pose to you a a question that seems to make sense, but you can opt out of the question like she did too. Or you can talk about the significance of the passage of time. When I ask you the question, what is a woman? And you tell me you don't know the answer. Does that mean as a judge that you can then, you no longer can adjudicate cases that involve women, such as Title IX and such as uh, cases involving abortion? I, I'm not going to play the game that uh, Katanji Brown Jackson played. Um, let me take that over. Katanji Jackson Brown, is it? No, it's Katanji Brown Jackson. You're right. Well, you have it different. There. Sorry, my bad. All right, we're live. Uh, I'm not going to play the game that K, uh, BJ. KBJ, yeah. Katanji Brown Jackson played. And what she was doing, she certainly knows what a woman is. Anybody who is alive and has a pulse knows the difference between sure. a man and a woman. And let me say that again. Everyone who's alive who has a pulse <laughs> knows the difference between a man and a woman. <laughs> Anyone else who doesn't suffers from mental delusion and they need help. And I'm not being mean, but if you have gender dysphoria, please get help. What she was doing was hedging because she didn't want to answer anything in that vein or line of questioning. Sure. The further down that hole she goes on what is a woman or when does life begin gets her closer to have to answer truth. And as a person who wants to deny certain claims of biology or or science, whatever the science is, is hedging on what 
the truth is. All truth is God's truth and not to be the pastor in the room. But when a person hedges on the truth, my concern is to question their judgment in virtually everything else that they do. Well, here's the thing about Supreme Court nomination hearings as it stands. It's a lot of bloviation. It's a chance for the senators on the Judiciary Committee to campaign a little bit. It's a chance for them to politic. And and make no mistake, Senators Kennedy and Blackburn, that's what they were doing Mm -hmm. by asking the questions. They they are trying— that's going to be played in Senator Kennedy's campaign videos when he runs for re-election in Louisiana or in Senator Blackburn's when she runs for re-election in Tennessee. It's, it's going to be played. And, and here's the point, though. For the judge, in this case, Judge uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson, in, in this case, and as in Amy Coney Barrett's case, mm-hmm. the less you say, yes. the more likely you are to be confirmed. The more you say, the more likely it is you're going to say something that could pull... It's not going to happen in this case, but could pull those who want to vote down your confirmation out, and they'll vote against you. The less you say, the better if you're the nominee. In this case, though, Dave, she has children. (laughs) We've kind of, I thought we had settled. You know, Senator Kimbrell on our podcast last week said that he has a basic loon test, and some of the things he said were settled. I thought we had settled this in, like, Genesis 1 and 2. We had settled this in biology class that every biology class that anyone ever has gone through um, since the beginning of education up until right. about 2022. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was this many days old. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, and there's, there's a question you've got to start asking is, and, and I, I jokingly go back to the reference of not in the book 1984 by George yeah. Orwell, you know, where they want, they're going to force you to start right. saying certain things. No I mean, there's a quote from the book that says, there was truth and there was untruth. And if you clung to the truth, even against the whole world, you were not mad. The reality is people think that you're absolutely mad for believing that chromosomes matter. XX versus XY chromosomes. We've been talking about this for the last year when we've started going around the state talking about what are the issues that matter? Things like saving women's sports. Right. Why does this matter? It matters because there's a difference between men and women. But when you all of a sudden have a person with the male genitalia who has had testosterone flowing through his body over a period of time, make a decision that says, well, today I'm a woman. About It makes about as much sense as says that I would have qualified for Joe Biden's pick for Supreme Court justice because I'm a black woman. Right. I don't know if you can see us on, you know, if you're listening, I'm not a black woman. And if you're watching us, you can definitely tell I'm not a black woman. But we don't see that in today's world because it's however you feel today not what reality is dave you bring up an awesome and valid point and that is this in today's world pride has fooled people into believing that they can identify however they want let me just say this for the record god settled at your conception before you were ever even born before you were ever in a glimmer in your mother and father's eye god settled who you would be He settled the parents to whom you'd be born. He settled the gender or the sex or whatever you want to call that. He settled that. And you have no say as his creation defining what the creator 
settled before you were ever even thought of. So let's take that out of the context that we have from a faith standpoint and simply mm-hmm. put it into definable science. Mm-hmm. When you take a look at a chromosomal difference between men and women, when you when you boil it down to the essence of your DNA, it doesn't matter which parts you choose to switch out on a body. Nope. A male is still a male. A female is still a female. That's right. Whether you have the parts or don't have the parts is not the issue here. Because guess what? Either you're removing parts or you're adding in parts which are not naturally there. And guess what you also have to then do? You have to then remain on a hormonal treatment for the rest of your life to maintain a false reality. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're building up here. It's a level of a false reality mm-hmm. that if I can live in this in in this sense of, hey, you know, I can define kind of who I am. Well, that's kind of like staying in the middle of a glass box. Eventually, something's going to break and the truth is going to come out. Yeah. And and that in that case, I believe the house of cards gets brought down with a simple question, what is a woman? When, when you ask a question as simple as that and it cannot be answered, it actually is now trending on Twitter, hashtag what is a woman? And, and, and in that, by the way, it is, it is people pushing back against the answer given by the nominee, well, by the way. It's, it's, <laughs> the, it, 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 it is a very simple what is a woman. Here's something interesting, guys, and I saw this on Twitter because Twitter is where you – that's the arbiter of all truth. Um, but here's what's interesting. It, the month of March – is Women's History Month. Ouch. It is the 50th anniversary uh, this year of the passage of Title IX, uh, which sets equality between men and women in the balance of many different areas, including sports. Um, it, these are three things that we've seen in the month of March. By the way, it is March the 25th. I'm not a biologist, so I can't tell you what a woman is. The NCAA Women's Swimming Championship, National Championship in the 500-meter freestyle was won by a biological male. And time, or USA Today's Woman of the Year was a biological male. Richard Levine. On, in National Women's History Month. And, and you know, I, I don't want to go too off the cuff or off the script here. But it's very easy to see that not only, not only have men, we've talked about masculinity and true masculinity being attacked and being hedged against in today's culture. Now we're seeing women be attacked as well. Is it not an insult to a woman to be told that the best women are men? There you go. I mean, stole my line. I'm trying my best to not do so, but stole that for you. I mean, we actually have been talking about this and, and when you think about this, it is absurd. It is an insult to half the population of the world to say you're, I mean, if you want to go back to women's liberation, if you want to go back to what has been a huge complaint that you hear a lot of times is women have been oppressed. Isn't it not one of the most oppressive things for a woman to be told the best woman is a man? Hmm. Is that not the ultimate insult that's there? And yet we have a political class of people who want to align themselves in such a way to do themselves more harm by simply agreeing with something that is a false reality. 
and and we're at the point now where there are there are problems and we critique these and and we're we're discussing these issues but there have to be solutions at some point right. there ha- there has to be a solution what is it i don't know off the top of my head <laughs> other th- other than our our country as a whole and our culture gets its head screwed back on straight mm-hmm. i mean that that really is at the end of the day we're dealing uh, and as as one major political commentator said on his show last night, we're dealing in major delusion, and that's the first time I have heard that word used on a major cable news network is the term delusion. Well, at least for those people who are of the left politically and sure. are of a woke culture. Sure. Because Lord knows the conservatives have been called delusional for a really long time right. for simply believing simple things like... Biblical viewpoint of the world. Mm-hmm. Simple genetics. Life begins at conception. Life begins at conception, exactly. I'll suggest one possible solution to this is uh, it voiced in the words of the famous American philosopher and songwriter Kelly Clarkson ah. when she said, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. And we live in a world where students of all ages, from college down to now kindergarten, are being taught that silence is violence or words words will kill you. And what we have to understand is there's been a mollycoddling of people, children, and adults where they have to have safe spaces. And what we need to understand is that friction is required for growth. And we need to start waking up to the reality that what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. You need friction in your life in order to grow, to be better. And what we need to start teaching from the top down, from the old people like Dave to the young people. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help it. Uh, to the young people like Justin and everybody in between. There it is. Is that you must Face the reality. If you can't sit in the corner, plug your ears, close your eyes, and shut your mouth, and pretend like reality doesn't exist. Yeah, you can't look. You can't look all woebegone. You've got to. You've got to be exuberant and fighting for what you believe in. Yeah, absolutely. That I think that's what you need to do. But and speaking of things, fighting for what you believe in, from April twenty twenty to April twenty twenty one, one hundred thousand Americans died because of opioid overdose in our country. It's not just a problem across the country. It's a problem right here in South Carolina. And Dave, it's what we have started calling a hidden crisis because while we know the numbers and we know the statistics, it's not easy to point and say it's very obvious that this person has an addiction to opioids. We want to show you a quick little clip of a, of a new trailer that we're doing that we're going to be releasing as part of a documentary series that we are doing here at Palmetto Family on the opioid crisis. 100,000 people in America lost their lives in a one-year period to an opioid crisis. Eight years ago, there were about 435 people who died of of opioid overdose in South Carolina. Last year, that number was well over 1,700. This is a three-fold increase in the number of people who have lost their lives to opioid overdose in this state. It's happening, and it's happening to people that you may be sitting across the table from it may be your coworker who's sitting next to you. It could be the man or the woman or the boy or the girl who's sitting in the chair next to you at church, That's and right. you simply don't know it. Mm-hmm. And it is important for us as a body of believers to begin to recognize this, 
there was a, a, a sheriff in, in Florence County, as a matter of fact, the sheriff in Florence County uh, said recently to a colleague of ours, you know, we're picking up two to three bodies a week. There was a body that he picked up that had two and a half liters of fentanyl sitting beside it. He said that was enough fentanyl to kill everybody in Florence County twice. And wow. that right there is just a shocking, shocking reminder that there is a crisis that's going on, but most of the time people don't see it. Or you're in your church and you go, what do, what do I do with this? Yeah. Watch this trailer and then let's talk about this for just a minute. So is he, is he awake and stuff? It's an epidemic. Have you overdosed? Six times. Six times? Yeah. 130 Americans die every day from an opioid overdose. We have an opioid crisis in America and nobody listens. This is affecting all of America, all of South Carolina. My first experience with opioids, I had some dental work done. They prescribed me this damn mayonnaise bottle look like of, of pain pills. And we've got to find some different ways to offer people relief because right now it's either pills or surgery. And if you have surgery, of course, pills are going to come with that. And it's just a whole downward spiral from there. Five milligrams today and it does its job, and tomorrow you gotta take 10 for it to do the same thing. My oldest son, he had evidently purchased what he thought was heroin, and unfortunately it, it was not heroin, it was fentanyl. The drug fentanyl, it's 50 times stronger than heroin. The picture you have in your mind of a drunk or a drug addict is false. It could be the person you're talking to at the counter where you're going to eat. It could be the gentleman across the table from you in a business meeting or a house closing. The hidden crisis in South Carolina is, is just a glimpse of the epidemic that is truly going on when it comes to the opioid crisis in this state. We want you to be aware of that. We're starting a, a, a move across our state to ensure that our churches are not only informed about the issues that are going on, the substance abuse disorders that are happening, but the reality is it's the spiritual disorder that's happening underneath that. And the only answer to that is truly Jesus Christ. That's right. And it is time for us to begin to recognize how do we move forward with this? What do we do to provide support for folks who are walking into churches, who are sitting next to us at work, who are the folks that may be sitting across from you at the dinner table tonight and you don't know? We want you to be aware of these things, to know what's happening within your communities and know how you can start to begin some levels of preparing for and, and answering the call for an answer to the hidden 
crisis that we face. Dave, you said it. Churches have got to get involved. In fact, if you are a pastor listening to this or if you go to a church and you want your pastor to know about it and get involved, I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to ask you to email me at mitch at palmettofamily.org, M-I-T-C-H at palmettofamily.org. I will send you all of the events. We've got them in every regional location across the state because we have to get pastors, ministry leaders, faith leaders involved in confronting this hidden crisis. And we move from a from a hidden crisis, which we're trying to bring to light, to a not so hidden crisis, as we've alluded to from uh, Judge uh, Katanji Brown's answers uh, earlier. It's this idea of, of saving women's sports and the push to save women's sports here in South Carolina. Obviously, uh, a couple swings at it before. We talked with McGee Moody earlier this week about this issue. Uh, but a good thing, a good thing, a victory happened inside the Senate Education Committee yes. yesterday, or on, excuse me, on Wednesday. And uh, Dave, you and I were in the co- committee room watching politics happen. So we tell people all the time. Riveting. <laughs> you've got to look sometimes at the state house, kind of like a meat factory. Yes. And it, there's a lot of stuff that goes into the processing of laws in this state. And yesterday was a painful reminder that I do not want to know how the sausage is made. Um, having been, uh, having worked in that body and understanding the process, I, I knew to expect the uh, the show that went on in the Senate Education Committee. Part of it got out of control of the, of the chair a yes, little bit. He's a little frustrated by that. Uh, Senator Greg Henry recognized the fact that there were a number of things that were going on inside that committee hearing. But when it was all said and done, they moved forward to put a favorable report, which basically says, we're bringing this to the floor of the Senate that, and allowing the Senate to say, hey, listen, we see that this is something that we need to be moving forward on, and the Senate will then hopefully be able to debate it. This is where we're now playing a game against the clock. We have something in South Carolina called crossover date. One month before the end of session, Any bill that starts in one chamber has to make its way over to the other chamber for it to be considered. In order for that to take place, you have to have that bill go through the entire process, make it through committee, get onto the floor, and be voted on on the floor of each particular or a particular house before it can cross over to the other. So saving women's sports has gone through the subcommittee process, the full committee process, and is now making its way to the Senate floor. The question is now, is it going to make crossover this week and as we go into next week, the Senate is in something called special order. They've, they've set aside the education savings account as a school choice bill that is now being debated in the South Carolina Senate. They will debate that on Thursday. They will debate that most likely on Tuesday and probably wrap up on Wednesday. That leaves four legislative days to get everything else through, including a debate and a vote on saving women's sports if we want to see that happen. Now, there's a procedural move that can be done. A senator can object to a bill, which basically is, in essence, a senatorial veto that stops a bill from being able to move forward. The only way you get around that is if you set a bill for what's called special order, which says that once we clear everything else off the calendar, this is the next thing that we're going to be debating. And most likely, that is going to be required in order for saving women's sports legislation to get through the South Carolina legislature this year. 
Now there is your government lesson for the day. So <laughs> right. what do we need to do about that? The Senate Majority Leader, Shane Massey from Edgefield, needs to hear from you on the fact that you believe saving women's sports needs to be set for special order. We've got to be able to draw a line in the sand that says that women play against women and men play against men. And there's a lot of argument, guys, and we've heard this before. Well, that's not a problem here in our state. We don't have that going on here. And you know what? Ironically, it's the same excuse that the governors of Indiana and Utah used this week. Republican governors. Republican bill. governors. Well, we don't have that problem here. Okay, we live in South Carolina. We, can, we have entering hurricane season soon. If you know that a hurricane is coming, and if you have listened to any of our podcasts, if you think about what's going on with Woke Inc., when you think about what's happening with environmental, social justice, and governance scores, how those are going to be impacting you, you begin to see that, oh, if you don't support that anybody can call himself a woman, then you begin to recognize, wait a minute, how is this going to turn around and affect my daughters? How does right. this affect my granddaughters? How does this affect the people in my family? Well, there's a quick thing here, and I, and I want to make the point because I heard this in the committee hearing yesterday, is that we shouldn't pass this legislation even to the floor if there's any chance that it might get challenged in the court. <laughs> and, and, and Senator Grooms made a very good point. If you don't pass legislation out of fear of a lawsuit, you're fruitless in your efforts because... And to say that, oh, we don't need to pass legislation because it's not a problem here. Well, that's just that might be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Because why why not pass legislation if you know it's right and if you know it's morally justified? I'm, I'm confused. Okay, so if for if you lived in a utopia where no one killed anyone, and you go, oh, we don't need to pass a law against murder because no one does it here. We know what happens in other places, but it doesn't happen here. Like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. So I love your point there, Justin. I think it's important for us to give ourselves a, a small congratulatory moment. Let's pat ourselves on the back. This mm -hmm. Wednesday, we saw that bill, S-531, the Save Women's Sports Act, move out of the Education Committee. Thank you, uh, Senator Hembree, the chairman of that committee, and those, uh, Senator Cash, for carrying that bill. But now there is an urgency to our efforts. We must continue to move forward, and we need you, just as Dave said, we need you to call on the Senate Majority Leader from Edgefield, Senator Shane Massey, and beg him, implore him, urge him, move on him to make sure that S-531 is assigned a special order slot. And if you don't, Dave, time is of the essence. We are, un we are under the clock right now. So... As you are listening to this, the Senate is going to be coming back into session next week. They'll be finishing up the debate on the educational savings account on Tuesday and most likely wrap that on Wednesday. That leaves Thursday of next week and then the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of the following week to not only hopefully set it for special order, have the floor debate on it, bring it up for a vote, and actually pass it before reaching the end of the day on April the 7th. When that happens, when when the Senate gavels out on the 7th, that is going to be it. Anything that will have finished in one chamber has got to make its way over by that day. Otherwise, right. there's no crossover. And we're at the end of the legislative session. So are there ways to get around that? There are, but it takes two-thirds or three-fourths of, of folks. So here's what you need to do. Here's the phone number you need to call, 803 212 6330. It's 
6330. That is the office of Senate Majority Leader Shane Massey. Let Senator Massey know, please use the rules slot to pass and bring up for special order S-531, the Saving Women's Sports Bill. This is going to be real important for us to actually put some definition into state law what a woman is, what a man is, and how we're going to actually define that for students in public schools, private schools that play against public schools, Mm -hmm. as well as our colleges and universities in South Carolina to say that women play against women, girls play against girls, men play against men, boys play against boys. You know, it's interesting. With that one phone call, you can do what the most qualified nominee ever to the Supreme Court couldn't do, and that's define what a woman is. You have the chance to do that by calling Senate Majority Leader Shane Massey's phone right now. And I'm going to ask you to do something just a little bit further. Once you're done calling Senator Massey, I'd like you to text 10 people, 10 people. If we have a little bit of crossover here and overlap, that's fine. Text 10 people and ask them to do the same because we need everyone calling on the majority leader to do this. He needs to understand that this is a big deal, not just for you, but for those 10 people. If you want to do more, that's great. But for all the people of South Carolina that care about what a woman is and fairness in women's sports and making sure that women's opportunities are protected in the 50th year of Title IX, then we need you to get on the horn. Call your mama. Tell her to call Senator Shane Massey. Here's the thing about, as we wrap this up, in the state of South Carolina, we have a majority of of Republicans in the Senate, a majority in the House. Every single constitutional officer has an R beside their name. And yet, it's sometimes very difficult to move even the most basic pieces of comprehensive conservative legislation through the process and get it done. You as people who care about these issues, have to make your voices heard and make sure that they understand that we're watching, <laughs> is what yeah. you could say. We're keeping track of what's going on because here's here's what I'll say, and I'm not doomsday predicting none of that. What I'm saying is, is there's going to come a point at some point in time where not every constitutional officer is of the same party. And, and and all linked together with the majority party in the House and with the majority party in the Senate. At some point, that will change. I don't know when, but at some point it will. When that happens, I don't want us to look back and say, wow, what an opportunity we missed for those four, six, eight, 10, 12 years of not getting anything of consequence done when it comes to serious cultural issues. If you are not sure exactly what else you can do, here's the next step you can do. Contact your state senator. Let your state senator know this is an important issue for you. They actually pay attention to the number of phone calls, the number of emails that they get on an issue. For every person who turns around and, and signs a form letter, that they look at that, that's probably about 100 people in my district who share that opinion. Keep in mind, they got about 115,000 people in their district. Somebody turns around, picks up the phone, makes a phone call. That's probably about 250 people in my district who shared that opinion. You write a a handwritten letter to a senator or an email to a senator specifically about your issue. They look at that and there's probably about 500 people in my district who shared that opinion. Or better yet, go and meet with your state senator and explain to your state senator why this issue is important to you. Because they look at that as probably about 1,000 people who shared that opinion. 
Five people showing up to a state senator's office on an issue is the difference between winning and losing the next election because every single one of them won their last contested race by less than 5,000 votes. Your voice matters. This is why we, the people, why we have the form of government that we do, because there is an accountability that has to take place. But that accountability is a requirement on your end as much as it is on their end. And so you stepping into this is really important. And as Mitch said, letting your friends, your family, the people in your Sunday school class, the people in your Bible study know contact your senators, let them know this issue is important to you. Dave, one thing to note here is that the lines for many of these Senate and House districts were just redrawn. So if you're listening to our podcast right now, thank you. Uh, But I'll also encourage you just to make sure who your senator or state House member are. You can download the Palmetto Family Council app. Go to the Inside the State button, click that, and you can insert your address, and that button will tell you who your state senator, who your state representative are. That way you can make sure you're calling the right people. And this was a chock full podcast. There was a lot to talk yeah. about. There was a, there's a lot going on. I say that every time I feel like, because there is a lot going on. However, we want you to be aware of everything going on. You can also visit our website, palmettofamily.org, our brand new website, by the way, it looks good. where you can, where you can read more about the save women's sports legislation, both in the house and the Senate, because there is a bill uh, in committee in the House as well to save women's sports that could require some movement, Dave. And so one last item for you to be considering. (laughs) One last piece of homework for you before the weekend. Here is this this last piece of information that you need to be aware of. Filing for those of you interested in running for public office closes on March 30th at 12 noon. That's next Wednesday. If you are interested in running for public office, Every South Carolina House seat is open. The constitutional officers are all up for re-election. U.S. members of Congress are all up for re-election this year. If you are interested in serving in your local community, on a school board, on city council, on county council, on the water commission, whatever it might be, it is important for you to understand the deadline for you to be able to register, to be on the ballot for the primary is March 30th at 12 noon. So if you want to be a part of the process and actually put yourself up as a person to run for office, you can find out more information at the Palmetto Family website. We have a whole description right there of how do you get involved in the process? How do you get involved and make sure that you are doing what you want need to be able to do to be able to run for office if you're interested in 2022? Supreme Court justices are getting confirmed, possibly. Not sure yet. Still got to go to a vote, but, you know. Women's sports, trying to save that in South Carolina, both in the Senate and in the House, trying to define what a woman is, and we're bringing light to a hidden crisis. It's been a busy week here at Palmetto Family. Thank you for following along with us on Facebook, on YouTube, on the app, on our website. We appreciate it. We thank you. Thank you for joining along with us, and thank you for taking the steps and doing the homework that Mr. Wilson has asked you to do. Make sure you complete your homework assignments before we see you on the next edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast on Tuesday.